0: You must have a point of difference. If you don't have a point of difference, you have no reason for being. So why would a customer buy something from you if they can get it from 50 other places?
1: So what happens when you buy a general store in a small town with a view of turning it into something great within five to seven years, but you realise that you've reached all your goals within four years? Well, you sell up and you could face retirement or you could take on something else and turn that into something great as well. You're about to meet Matt, a guy who did just that, and the things you're going to learn are going to blow your way. So order a burger and fries, make sure your automatic gate is in the locked position, sit back and relax. As I asked Matt, how'd you do it? So today we're with Matt from the Dalston General Store. I've known Matt for some time, but um, it had been an interesting journey, hadn't you, Matt? Was, um, when did we meet? It was probably
0: six years ago yeah it was yeah quite a while ago obviously when you're in your coffee business yeah and yeah we took uh, Tanash coffee on board in the store yeah 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 and it really started from there and you hadn't been in the cafe in the in the general store for very long at no no i think that was really early on in the piece yeah so we we obviously wanted to make a coffee a bit more of a feature in the store um yeah. and and you know sort of build it up a little bit and yeah, that was pretty early in the piece. That would have been in 2017. So right. we took over in February 2017, that store. So it would have been sometime early, 17.
1: What, what, now, I never really saw it before it had started. What, what was it like before?
0: It, very, uh, it had a decent name that the previous owners were doing it. You know, they were doing a, an okay job, but it was very run down. So, yeah. you know, there'd been no money spent on the business for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and things, things were just left. You know, to decay, decay. Um, yeah. quality wise is, is even more so just with the equipment, plant and equipment, and the look of the store. So yeah. it needed a little bit of love. Right, right. So you you started that up, you built it up for a few years and yep. then you sold it. Yep, absolutely. So we were there almost five years, so four and a half, just on four and a half years. Yeah. Um, yeah, the first year was all about... Just fixing things, getting getting it to where it needed to be, um, something that we were proud of. So, so my wife Kaz and I, we spent every waking minute and every cent in that first year reinvesting it back into the store, yeah, um, yeah. you know, just doing everything to, and getting everything to where we wanted it to be. Mm. Um, and that's even, you know, down as simple as, you know, painting the place or renovating the place. Changing a lot of our suppliers, getting the menus right, prices right, staff right, just getting the everything, the foundation right for the business. Mm. And then, yeah, second and third year it was all about you know growth, and and getting some runs on the board. Um, yeah, we managed to win some fairly major awards in the area, yeah. um, which was which was um, wonderful. Then we entered into COVID yeah. around that sort of twenty twenty time period, yeah. Uh, and yeah, in that last year, it was it, it was. We did really well financially because we were one of the few stores that could remain open, so we were yep. quite lucky. We were a post office. the same boat that, yeah. Yeah, so we were a post office and a general store, so we, mm. we, we were very, very lucky. Yeah, uh, is... yeah and we, we worked even harder during that period than we did the previous years. Yeah, no one had um, anything else to do. Correct. Sent each other. So. Um, yeah, it sort of made us and, and and broke us a little bit that that, that yeah. last year. That was a really tough year, you know, having to wear masks, as, as everyone knew. You know, mm. We all went through the same thing, but um, there was a lot of lot of unhappy people during those times. So they, yeah. they were difficult to deal with, but, um, but yeah, in the end we, we managed to get a sale fairly quickly. We'd built a very strong business that was doing financially very well. Mm. We had very strong books. So, and I think that's a really important thing is, you know, you, you can't, you can't squirrel away every cent in a business and then expect to sell it yep. well. Yeah. So, you know, the, the books were strong, they, they were, they were fair, they were honest. Yeah. Um, and the, the buyer, you know, we, we found a buyer fairly quickly. Um, Who was very keen on the business and, and, you know, took over a really well running business in the end.
1: Yeah. So was that, it, we'll, we'll get to the business that we're going to talk about in a yep. second, but was yep. that always the plan is to buy something, build it up and then sell it? Absolutely.
0: Yeah. We, we knew we had a limited lifespan in that business. It was seven days a week yeah. it, we lived on site. So it was 24 hours a day. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you really, you don't stop thinking and. As with most small businesses, you don't stop thinking about it when you when you turn the lights yeah. off at yeah. you know five six seven whatever time you turn them off. Yeah. Uh, but living on site mm. means we were there all the time and thinking about it and immersed in it all the time. So mm. you know it it was always going to be somewhere between a three and five year plan. We did go in uh, day one thinking it would probably be seven years. After the first year, we quickly realized it was not going to be seven. Uh, It was going to be closer to three to five. Um, And we we got closer to the five year. We'd set ourselves a few goals to achieve um, personally and financially, and we achieved those. So in the end, when we decided to sell, we'd we'd ticked all the boxes. We'd done everything that we wanted to do. Mm. We were really proud of the business and what we'd achieved. So it was a no brainer to, to put it on the market and move on at that stage and do something different.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, why, why take seven years and you got five.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah spot
1: fantastic. On. So then, um, so you've started, you've, you've bought that, built it up, sold it. And a couple of years ago you decided to join another bigger company. So you've joined unique LEDs yep. and created another wing called unique automation. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, um, Andrew is the, the owner of the business and he was one of our customers. So he used to bring a lot of stuff down to the the post office and and post. So we, we got to know Andrew and Andrew sort of saw what, what we'd done and how we operated in business and, you know, our work ethic and so forth. And I think conversations, you know, when I left started and we were really in the mindset that we were in a position where we wanted to semi-retire we have done quite well in the business, so we thought let's let's sort of slow down a little bit. Yep. That really hasn't come to fruition because we're now probably working just as hard, um, but doing something that we love doing. And, you know, I joined Andrew to, to help him with the LED side of the business. Um, automation was was another side that, that he'd been working on. He'd, he'd worked in automation for years before that, um, but only really doing it when people wanted it. Um, so, we'd go to a property, we'd put up equestrian lighting, so, you know, big arena lighting or stable lighting, and the people would ask, Do you do gate automation? So, he'd say, Yeah, of course, we can do that, and, and he'd do it. But it was never a focus of the business. So, when I came on board, I, I love being on the tools. It's not something I've ever done a lot of, but. I've always been quite handy so i really enjoyed that um and you know the opportunity to really take over and drive the automation side of the business was there so so that's what i've done so for the last two years we've been well me particularly been focusing on the automation side Um, my wife kaz has come in and she builds a lot of the kits so it's a real family sort of business she'll build the kits Um, i'll go out and do the quotes and installation Um, you know, all the paperwork and everything associated. So, you know, we're, we're growing strongly. It's, it's a, it's a very, it's a different type of business to what we've ever done before. Um, But I think with with our background, we've, we've got strong sales and marketing backgrounds, Kaz and I. so we, We've come from fairly big businesses, um, spent 20 years in pharmaceutical, you know, doing national account management and key account management and head of sales and that style of role. So I think our approach to business has always been that it doesn't really matter about the size of the business. You can still apply a lot of the learnings, even from, you know, Multi million dollar corporate business has a lot of learnings that you can carry over to small business. Um, Obviously, scale it down a little bit, but the learnings are still there. Um, You know, whether it comes to the marketing or the sales side, it still works. You know, at the end of the day, our consumers and our customers are still the same people, whether they're buying something from, you know, a $500 million business or a $500,000 business, they're still the same consumers and customers. So Mm. we applied a lot of that in the general store. And a lot of people, you know, who saw the business, they agreed that it was probably the most overanalyzed general store in the world. Yeah. You know, we analyzed everything, but we gained a lot from that. We, we understood our customers, we understood our market, we understood everything very well. Mm-hmm. We now do that in the automation side. So, you know, we're spending a lot of time building our business, um, analyzing our business understanding what our installers want, what our, what our customers want, what our consumers want, uh, so that we can deliver the best outcome for them and the business. So, Mm.
1: yeah. So, so what, what are the biggest things that you think, so you've taken something that's, I guess the principles of running a big corporation, the, the sales and marketing, uh, what are some of those big ideas apart from you, you said, you know, you watch the numbers, Yep, that's, um that could be instrumental in just about every business Absolutely, yeah. and, and know what your profit and loss is. Uh, I've always understood that the, what do you sell something for is not what you get, that's not a profit. You've got to take everything into account, Absolutely, you know, what the yep. wages are and yep. what the rent is. And that's, yep. that's the bottom line. And yep. it takes you a while to figure out what that out is. But what, what, um, give me an example of some of the things you do.
0: I think the most important thing in any business is point of difference. You must have a point of difference. If you don't have a point of difference, you have no reason for being. So why would a customer buy something from you if they can get it from 50 other places? Yeah. What, I mean, point of difference can be anything, really. It can be your level of customer service. It can be your price. It can be the quality of your product. It can be our product. Yeah. Um, it can be how you treat your customers when they walk in the store. You know, there's so many different points of difference. Mm-hmm. But know what that is and focus on it. Uh, I think the worst point of difference is price because yeah. that's, you know, that just typically means you're not going to make a lot of money if you, if you want to be the cheapest in the market. It's just a raise to the ball. Correct. Yeah. And some people work like that and if it works for them, great, go for it. I don't see it working very often. No, no, um, no. I heard no, someone said there's no
1: point, there's no advantage to being the second cheapest. No. No, correct. And if you're
0: the cheapest, you're going to go bankrupt. So. Typically, yes, yes. So I think... Don't, don't make it price, you know, try to find a product that has a point of difference, that's a great start. There's not many of them, Um, they are out there, but you know, that's what everyone's trying to find. So everyone wants a product that's different to everyone else. If you can't find that, you know. Make your customer service your point of difference. If you're going to sell me too's, then make make your customer service your point of difference. Make mm. you know something to do with the product. Make add-ons, make extras. You know, go the extra mile for your customers. There's lots of things you can do to create point of difference. But you must have that, and you must understand what that point of difference is, and you must focus your marketing on that point of difference. Yeah. Uh, A part of point of apart from point of difference, I think the other. Big learnings that we took across to to our small businesses was to understand as much as you can. You're not know, going to understand everything, but that can be through analysis. That can be through you know investigation. Understand your customers. Understand your consumer. And I, I always we really focused on. Your customer is not always your consumer, and you've got to understand they can be interchangeable terms, but they're, they're, they're not the same. Mm-hmm. So, so your customer is someone that buys the product. Your consumer is the person that consumes it. A cost, sometimes there's a customer, one in a household. It might be the mum, it might be the dad who buys everything for that household or the majority. They have kids, they have partners, they have everyone else that's consuming it. So mm-hmm. you need to understand the difference and you can market to your customer, and that's usually a point of purchase, or you can market to your consumer, which is typically in many other ways, whether it be advertising, TV, print, media, whatever it may be. If you've got a, I'll use an example, a, a children's cereal product, you would market to the customer, being mum or dad, in the store. It's healthy, it's a good price, whatever it may be, but you market to the kids through the TV. So, you know, there is a big difference. Sometimes they're the same person, of course. People buy stuff for themselves. Of course they do. But understand that customer and consumer are two different beasts. And you've got to target your marketing and your sales pitch differently to those two. So, you know, understand all your numbers. Understand everything to do with your business. Get all that foundation right. Get all your numbers right get all you know your your wages your insurances your superannuation your work cover all those foundations that are critically important to any business Any legitimate business get all that right if you don't know it find someone who does Mm. employ someone who does or go and see someone who does a A good good, bookkeeper good bookkeeper yeah good a good accountant Mm. um you know someone who understands all all the legal ramifications Mm. of what you're doing cover yourself Mm. you know set up your business properly from day one you need to have some investment in that area you know Mm. don't just think you can just start a business just because you feel like starting a business. Yeah. You need to understand all of that and get that all right. If it means spending the first year not making a cent, then so be it. Yeah, that's what you need to do. Yeah, make your money in the second, third, fourth, tenth, fifteenth year. No, not that first year you may not make a cent. Yeah, but th- that's the way it is. So
1: yeah, 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 a lot don't. A lot don't. But um, yeah, understand your demographic. That's that's huge. Um, there are a lot of businesses they, They'll sort of change their business according who who they want to sell to. But, um, yeah, you just got to understand, Yeah, understand the person and that changes all your marketing. It changes how you're going to sell or changes well, your
0: avatar. Write a business plan and a business plan can be written on a scrap piece of A4 paper. It doesn't need to be fancy. It yeah. doesn't need to be 50 pages. It can start as a one pager, but it needs to have stuff like that. Yeah. Who's your target market? What, what's their demographic? What are you, what do you want to sell? How much should it be? What are your competitors? You know, all those, those key points about bringing a product or a service to market, you need to get your head around those, even just in a a basic sense, or else you're just flying blind. You're just gonna waste money and time. And it's probably the key reason why the vast majority of small businesses fail. It's because from day one, they're probably set up for failure (laughs) because they just don't have some of those basics in place or an understanding of those basics. I think it's like 70% or trained in the first five years. I think, you know, it would be 70% would Succeed if they just got that one pager right from day one. Yeah. Because you might sit down and your idea is not going to work. Yeah. And that one pager could quite quickly tell you that, and that's fine. Pivot. You know, do something different. Change it a little bit. Mm. Go and think of another idea. You know, that's okay. It's. I mean, I'd rather have fifty failed ideas than fifty failed businesses.
1: Yeah. So, and even the even the changing halfway through, I've I've done that with business in the past, where you start something six months later, you think. Oh, that's well. Even with the cafe, it was um, it was a bulk health food store at the yep. start. Yep. And I ended up changing that and adding coffee, and then adding commercial kitchen and just according to what the demographic was of the town. And I kept on looking at what else does it need? What does it need? And then you then you use the Pareto's principle: eighty twenty. You just drop this, and then you add that. You drop yep. that. Whatever's not working, and I kept on dropping off that twenty percent. Spot on. And whatever was yeah. bringing in eighty percent of the income, and there was always a twenty percent that wasn't, or eighty percent that wasn't, and you just keep on. Um, changing, it, it gets to a point where it's just refining and refining and frying Absolutely. To, yeah. to, to a business that runs well and then code the bit.
0: And you, I mean, you mentioned before, don't, don't, don't make things fit your idea, change your idea to fit what, what is needed, whether that be customers or products or, or Democrat, whatever, you yeah. know, you need, you need to, don't be so stubborn, you know, your idea may not be right or it may not be perfect, so just Keep challenging, right? Getting way. exactly, and keep evolving. Keep evolving the business and what you're doing. Yeah, um, and invest in the business. And we used to work on the philosophy that if it, if the investment wasn't going to improve what the consumer got, or made it more efficient, or improve the lives of our staff, we didn't invest it. It had to tick one of those boxes, or hopefully all three. So when we looked at, you know, do we need, to, do we need a piece of equipment? What, what's it going to, it's going to, we're going to be able to make that product twice as fast. Oh, great. That's tick to one. Will the customer get a better outcome? Well, yeah, it'll be, you know, slightly better quality because of the equipment. Great. Tick second box. The staff will be happy because it's so much quicker. There's the third box. Great. Spend the money. No brainer. Even if it's the only one, it can sometimes be worth it. Two, absolutely worth it. Three, no brainer. What a simple filter. It, it's a really easy filter. You don't, you don't spend money if it doesn't tick some of those boxes, Yeah, you, you want at least one, you know, that, then it's still a question to do it. Three, absolutely do it. So that $10,000 neon sign mm-hmm. in, in, in the office.
1: If somebody no no one ever sees Correct.
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh but my office looks great. Yeah, well that's yeah. great, but it doesn't tick any. It of... doesn't help in through it. Yes. So yeah, we we'd run it through Their Staff would say, Oh, it'd be great if we could have that um, you know, that 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 um oh well, that, that rotating toaster, you know, that toaster oven that you can just throw it in one end, and it comes out the other. And you go, do we you know, what's it gonna do? So we went through it all and it ticked one of the boxes and in the end the cost was just too much, so we never did it. No one ever missed it. Yeah, you know, so for things like that, we always put it through that filter, um, no matter who raised the idea. Yeah. So okay. Yeah. Excellent. Um, what did you learn? What did we oh we'd
1: Heaps. Is like, there something big that jumped out. I know it's uh we are talking years and years of of probably little learnings here, but is there something big that you learn?
0: How hard running a small business is. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was something that that Kaz and I always wanted to do. Yeah. Um you know, coming from a corporate background, you always think in corporate oh, well, I could do that better. I could do that better myself. You know, you know, I hate all this corporate stuff. I really want to, you know, I want to be putting in all this effort for myself. Yeah. Um, we understood it was going to be hard, but I don't think we understood how hard it was actually going to be. So mm-hmm. one of the biggest learnings was that it, it's just, it's not easy. Um, you know, nothing about it really is easy, <laughs> rewarding. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely rewarding. Would we do it again? questionable. It is questionable. Um, Kaz would probably be a no. I'd probably be a yes. Um, But we'd apply a lot of the learnings we got from that first time around, you know, to to if we just went out and did something small again ourselves. What I'm doing now is practically like running my own small business. And so, yes, I am doing it again. You know, there's all those extra extra hours is another learning. You know, you really... It's not a nine to five job. You can't switch off. You know, you're doing 60, 70, 80 hours a week without even trying that hard. So, um, the the satisfaction we got from the customers and and the achievement you know what we achieved in the store um and that's not you know awards and things are lovely and they Mm. you know they're they're um they're they're a little bit of payback for the, the the hard work and effort put in but just the feedback from customers people loving the store you know, what, what, what we did to it, they all loved it, it was their own, their own, you know, this is a small community, so it's a small town, mm. um, you know, with 500, 600 odd, odd residents, so, or residences. So, you know, the feedback and the love from everyone, um, of, of what we did, was, was, you know, well worth it. So yeah, it was worth
1: the effort. Okay. So when you say it was worth it, it was, if I was to say, you can go back to the corporate world and have your old jobs back. Why does that seem unappealing to you? No, uh, never,
0: never. I think, um, and that's, 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 you know, for several reasons, A, it's in Melbourne. Yep. <laughs> um, but I'd never live in, I'd never live in, you know, Metropolis again. You would have it right here, just down the road. Uh, no, I don't, I don't want that corporate pressure. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's even though you can sometimes have good bosses who pat you on the back, it's, it's rare it's it's a very cutthroat you know you've been in sales before it's sales is is high pressure uh, and it's constant so and the the drive from above to do better sell more um is is always there plus the unethical what i class as unethical um modes of selling and yeah. you know just get it at any cost type of mentality in a lot of those yeah. businesses is I, it just rubs, rubs rubs me the wrong way yeah anything to get that kpi correct yeah yeah yeah. and look you know i i, I looked after fairly large sales team so you know when you find yourself going out and telling them to do things that ethically you don't agree with yeah, you get to the point where you go, I'm not doing this. This is this is ridiculous. It's, you know, you find their vision
1: statements not quite a vision statement. It's more just a marketing campaign.
0: Correct. Yeah, and look, they they have all those vision statements, and they they try to make them sound yeah good. You know, we 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 you know, we're ethical, and you know, and they're not. <laughs> yeah. A lot of them. Oh, well, you'd see it's generalisation, but yeah. a lot of them are. not A lot of the businesses I worked for, they they would give a second thought about their people yeah. when, when yeah. they're no longer in front of them. So I, d- I didn't like following someone else's goals. That was my biggest thing. Yeah. It's like, yeah,
1: I've got my wage and, and my own financial goals, but, um, anywhere the business wanted to go, it was someone else's vision. And I thought, what if I want to change the yeah. vision for the business?
0: Yeah. I had no say in it. So I thought I was just being yeah. in control of my own destiny. Really. Yeah. It's like, let's work together and do it, do it our way. Yeah. So, you're trying to make everyone feel like it's a team, what, but you're still doing. Do what well. I say, want to say wand? Yeah, so so no, I, I wouldn't go back to corporate life. Um, yeah, you know the money's always great, and the money is typically the driving factor. Yeah, um, I didn't do a job that I enjoyed. I did a job because I was paid well for it. So, so they call that golden handcuffs. Yep. Oh, and it absolutely was. And you you, you live a lifestyle when it fits. So yeah, that money supports that lifestyle, but you very quickly realise that it's all very superficial. But it's not necessary and, you know, we're much happier, much, much happier, um, on, you know, much less money. (laughs) So money, money doesn't buy happiness. Everyone says that, but when, when, when you've had it and then don't have it, you understand that it's, it's very, very true. It's, it's a minor part, you know, you need to pay the bills. You need to make a living. Of course you do, but it's much more important to be doing something that you enjoy because, you know, I spent more time at work than I did at home, Mm -hmm. awake. Definitely much more time awake, but even got to the point where I was probably spending more time at work than home. Full stop. <laughs> so yeah. you get one or one or two decent hours at home and the rest asleep. and you would get 10, 12 hours at work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the same sort
1: of stresses too. I wasn't any less stress when I was in the corporate
0: world than I was in my business.
1: Now you, you mentioned before that, yeah, it can be very stressful running your own business. I was very stressed following someone else's dreams as well. So it's correct. The same sort of pressures, but, um, he, he, I found I was so much in less control working for somebody else and it was the pressures that they were putting on me versus the pressures I was putting on myself. Correct. In business. Yeah. And at least I had more control over yeah. it.
0: It's you know, I think it's it's much easier to um to accept when you're putting the pressure on yourself. Yeah, you know, that's that's my doing. Yeah. You yeah. know, I'm making myself busier. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm deciding to do those things, not not a boss telling me to do those things. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're spot on. You're spot on. I don't regret anything we did in our small business you know yes it was hard it put pressure on our relationship as well put pressure on the marriage absolutely you know working together's tough yeah very much so you know you have you both have your own ideas and you know i think we we both had very strong ideas about how we wanted to run that business and they don't didn't always align so yes you know when you're in a a corporate environment the boss can just tell you and you go okay i'll do what i'm told because you're my boss but when you're both in a relationship in an equal relationship, it's very hard. Sometimes you need to agree to disagree and that's not always easy. (laughs) (laughs) uh, um, What are you most proud of? I think what, what we built. Absolutely. With both business, with, with, with current, with with current business, um, answer is the same. We've already made massive inroads in the automation market. you know, what, what I've been allowed to do what i want to do in that business and it's one thing i really take my hat off to andrew uh, is he's allowed me to build the automation side of the business in the image that 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 i want Um, and that's um, you know a very a very ethical business that has really strong morals in how we support our customers and our installers you know so if, if a piece of equipment breaks we go and replace it there is no, oh, how much is that going to cost? Well, it's just irrelevant. And we, we, you know, we need to keep yeah. the customer happy. Yeah. So we wear that cost, you know, the, we, of course we think about those costs, but it's, it's going to be done and the customer's going to be happy yeah. no matter what. So... Well, you're creating a trail of champions for your business. That's what... Absolutely. And, you know, we... are writing about your business. I, I, I love that I can talk about my business and everything I say is true. So, you know, when, when someone talks about unique automation, they, they will understand that that's the type of business that we are. We, we, we stand by everything we sell. We stand by the service we give. Uh, we're really proud of what we're building. Um, so it's, you know, the answer is the same for both businesses. We, we're trying to do the same thing that we did in the last business. And that's, that's bring products to market that we're really proud of. Uh, we spent a long time, you know, Andrew has been in business for about 12 years, um, probably even longer, I'm probably even getting that number wrong, but, uh, he started. Off in, uh, in mainly lighting, so with LED and solar is, has been the focus, mm. uh, mainly around the equestrian market. He um, found there's a bit of a niche there of a real need for good quality LED lighting. Most equestrian arenas are nowhere near mains power, so mm. you know they're getting quotes of twenty thousand dollars to run power to their arena, and we go, well, your lighting's going to cost twelve. So while we just spend twenty to run power there, let's just put solar up. it'll save you a fortune so he he's been doing that for a long time and and very well known in the industry and the the equestrian market is 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 a very tight market most of them know each other even around the country they go to the same shows yeah Um, you know they know each other on facebook and through social media Um, so he's very well known in that industry and the automation He's an electrical engineer by trade and uh, worked in automation for a long time, mainly in, you know, the hospital market. So working on ECGs and testing equipment and really high level precision automation. So, um, you know, with him behind the business and any questions I've got, you know, he, he knows the answer. So we've got that technical ability backing the business. We saw in the market there was... Um, a lot of products out there that are not very good quality and some of the really high quality equipment just doesn't come with the support and service that it requires. So we were installing equipment, not really happy with a lot of it. So someone's product would have a great motor, but the control board was rubbish or difficult to use. Mm. Vice versa, really good electrical equipment, but the motors were not crash hot. Yeah. So what we did is we went out and went, we could do this better. We've got the technical ability. Let's go and get this motor, this control board, this charge controller, these solar panels, these batteries, and build our own kit. So you saw the gap. Absolutely. At least, yeah. At least a long time ago, what, two years ago? At least two years ago, yeah. And so me coming on board was really to to add that extra ability, that extra installation knowledge, and also just feet on the ground so you know Andrew's only one person so now there's someone else there that can really take automation and grow it so we developed a kit and it it was probably in its fourth or fifth iteration before we got it right um, and we just installed those on our own properties and then installed a few local installs with our own kit, just so we were close. Yep. So we'll go back and change it yep. if things go wrong. And they do, of course, when, when, when we're now on about version 5. Yep. And we're now making very small changes because we've got it right. So we've now got a kit that's uh, high quality, easy to install, quick to install, um, you know, very simple to use. And we're now focusing... Yes, on the DIY market, but that's, that's a minor part, mainly on installers, so fencing and gate contractors who really struggled to find any sort of kit that worked well for them. Also easy to install, quick to install, but also had that really solid sales, uh, sorry, half to sales service. So if they did have any problems doing the installation, they could just pick up a phone and they're not talking to a salesperson in Sydney who has no idea how to install the kit. Yeah. They're just reading straight out of the manual, which yeah. the, the install is probably already probably. done. Yeah, um, You're talking to an installer. So when they pick up the phone, they, they talk to me or they talk to Andrew. Uh, you know, we've both installed hundreds of automation kits I've installed three or four hundred of our own kits now. Um, So, you know, if I can't answer it, that's unusual. Usually I've encountered that problem. So now we've got a kit that is easy for our installers to install. If it's in our local area, we'll do the installs if they want us to. Um, But we can now sell to anyone in Australia. Uh, We also have, one of the bigger differences is our control box runs all of our motors. So without getting too technical, you've either got a boom gate, you've got a swing gate, you've got a sliding gate, um, you've got a cantilever gate. They're probably the main gates or access systems that you've got. Our control box is the same for all of them. Mm. So as an installer, you learn to install our control box, you learn all the commands and how to set everything up, you know how to do it on any gate. I don't care how big, small, wide, sliding, swinging, does not matter. It's all exactly the same. So the motor might change. It might swing the gate or slide the gate, but everything else is the same. So big difference to everyone else's kits. So you, you buy... Is it put difference. different? It is, absolutely. And we, we have a control board that'll run anything from a tiny gate to a big gate. Yeah. okay, if you get the huge commercial size, then yes, we'll move to different equipment because it's just required, but we mainly focus on um, you know the uh, the the residential and also farm. We do a lot of farm work. I'm doing a lot of farm style gates. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and we also build the kits for the installer. So if they go to a customer, they install a beautiful five thousand tim- dollars custom timber gate and fencing. Uh, the customer wants some keypads, they want a ground loop, they want a courtesy light. Um, and they obviously want it ordered, the gate's automated. Mm. The installer tells us, we can give them a quote, and then we will program the keypads. We'll wire in the ground loop. Uh, we'll, we want four extra remote controls. We'll code all those remote controls. We'll package it all up. So they just have to install it. They don't get a box with keypads in it, and they go, what do I do with these? They're mm. not even programmed. How do I read the manual? How do I... It's all done. So they tell us what they want. We build it in-house. We send it to them. So you, you, so you, you think
1: um, service and supply is is just as important as the
0: quality of the product? Absolutely. And this comes back to point of difference. Yeah. What is our point of difference? We have much better quality equipment. It's custom built. It is custom built for your customer. What your customer wants, we will build it for them. We'll also talk directly to your, to your customer if you want us to. Give us their name and number. We'll chat to them. We, we can talk to them about the automation and what they need. So we we might on sell something else to them. That's great. Yeah. Uh, but we'll also chat to them about anything technical. So as an installer, you don't need that that high level technical ability. We're happy to talk directly to your customer and then we'll supply you the goods and the after sale service. So there's so many points of difference there compared to what's in the market. Yeah. You know, we're probably up to five really good big points of difference, and then maybe another ten small points of difference that I haven't even mentioned. So the service alone would get <laughs> so, so Well, yes, so many times you try and look at this help you. You just can't get a hold of correct. And we 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 but... we were there. We we were that installer. Yeah. Um, you know, we we would install an Italian a piece of Italian equipment, which great equipment, you know, high quality equipment, we'd pick up the phone and the wholesaler, they've never installed one. They just bring it into the country. Right. They yeah. go, oh, you know, turn it, turn it off and turn it on again. Yeah. You know, that, that's kind of the, 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 the that's the extent of their technical knowledge. Yeah. They, they could spurt off, you know, everything about the kit, but it, you give them a specific example of what's going wrong and they go, oh, I'll just send it back to us and you go, that's cause you've never really installed one really yeah Uh, yeah. we bring them to the country though you know we know everything about them but you haven't got any idea about the installation or anything that might go wrong we'll just swap it over you know swap it over that's great you know it's good support and service if you're going to give us you know a replacement for free thumbs up but i've just spent all my time installing it then i go back out there to figure out what's wrong and then i've got to go back out there to to change it so you know we work on the principle as installers and we, we understand for our own installers Uh, we go back, we make good money. We go back a second time, we make average money. We go back a third time, we're probably going to make a loss. So, you know, we don't want to go back. And I, I, I joke with my customers, I don't want to see you again. You know, I don't want to see you again because if I'm seeing you again, then probably something's gone wrong. Unless you want me to install another gate automation, Unless another built gate. Rent. correct? <laughs> but you know, that's we 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 don't we're happy if we don't see you again. We want to hear from you again. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. you know, we're happy if we don't see you again because everything's everything's working, everything's going well. So, so yeah, um, you know, with any business, word of mouth is the best form of advertising you could ever have. Oh yeah, Absolutely. um, You know, 10, 15, 20, 100 times better than anything else. Yeah, yeah. Um, because people believe word of mouth. Yeah. I think a lot of advertising people don't believe anymore. You know, I, I see automation advertising all the time and they, it's Italian equipment, it's the best and I look at it and go, that's absolute rubbish. You know, I do not care that it's Italian equipment. Italian equipment, wow. Mm. You know, mm. the, the Italians make great automation equipment, but they also make shock and automation equipment. You know, the Chinese make great automation equipment. They also make shocking automation equipment. So It's, it's interesting because you, you haven't really told me any specifics of the the equipment
1: that you do use and sell, uh, but you've already sold me because you've talked about the service and the supply and how much you look after the customers and everything. It's it's all, um, Simon Sinek talks about the why. So yep. you're doing it because you want to create something that you mentioned before you were proud of, yep. something that's going to be great quality and you don't want to see them again. It's The, the reasons you're doing this is because you want to create something that, people will love Yep, and Absolutely. it's it's not all about the, oh, but it opens up the gate this fast and it lasts for this long. And this is how powerful it is and things like that. None of the specifics. They don't care about that. Correct. The customer just wants a gate that
0: opens. No, I think, um, it's really for any salesperson or any person in any business, cause anyone in any business is selling, mm. um, whether it be a service or a product, passion is the, the biggest seller. Yeah. Passion for your product and passion for what you do, yeah. people. People feed off that. People love it. People hear it. They see it. You know, passion is, is the most important thing, I think. Yeah. Uh, and that's, uh, you know, that, that's relatable to anything. And to, to, to get that passion, you've got to have belief in your own. Correct. Purpose. Absolutely. I, and I, I can't sell something I don't believe in. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've been a salesperson a long, long time and I, and yeah, I've gone for jobs or businesses and walked away going, I don't want that job. Cause I can't sell that product. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's the car sales mentality. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, you, yeah, yeah, <laughs> dead, <laughs> it's, it's dead. It's gone. Car sales is gone a long time ago. Yeah. And I, I always used to tell our salespeople, you've got to sell yourself before you sell a product. If if you're selling products or services, you've got to sell yourself. Don't go in and tell, sell. We, that was a term we used to use a lot. Don't tell, sell, don't, don't tell them what they want. Yeah. Ask them questions and find out what they want. Yeah. You can direct them from there. They might not know what they want, and a lot of people don't know what they want because they don't they don't know much about what you're you're there to talk to them about. Automation is a big one. People don't know much about automation. They go, oh, "I just want my gate to work I want to push a button." Yeah. You go, "Yeah, but how do you want it?" You saw one once. What do you need? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they look great. I want to get out of my yeah. car in the rain, yeah. but. So how do you use it? How many times do you use it? Who uses it? Do you need remote controls for everyone? Do you want a GSM so they can ring it? Um, do you walk do you, do you walk a lot? Oh, yeah, no, we walk every night. So you want to be able to walk out and open the gate as well. Do you carry a mobile phone with you? Oh, no, rarely. You know, I like to, to walk peacefully. and I want my mobile. Okay, so you can carry a remote. Or maybe you could put a push button there. Oh, courtesy light would be great because you're walking out here a lot. You're not driving. Yet. Courtesy light's not much good for a car. You've got headlights. So... You start getting all, you get a picture of, of their lifestyle, yeah. and then you can offer them things to fix the problems that they have. That's very... I have, I have, a, I have, a, I have a problem that I need to open my gate. I do a lot of walking, um, so, you know, light at the gate would be really good, because I'll come home late at night, you know, in winter, and I'm walking, in, I'm fumbling, trying to find, you know, the push button that you're telling me about. Oh, courtesy light, that'd be a great idea. Yeah. You know, oh, I get, I get a lot of couriers coming around. Oh great! So how do the careers get in? Oh, they just open the gate. So are you happy for them to have a push button? Oh no, I want something more secure. So keypad. Oh, keypad sounds great. So yeah, you know, it just ask question after question after question to find out all of their problems, and then you solve their problem. Yeah. Now, it's 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 It's, it's sales one hundred and one, really. That's all sales one hundred and one. But that's that's smart sales. That's not car sales. That's finding people's problems, solving their problems. Yep. You're not a salesperson anymore. You're a problem solver. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's that's what we were taught in corporate world. And that's what we taught our salespeople. And that's what everyone in any business should do. Yeah. When a person comes to your front desk counter, ring, whatever, however you, you interact with your customer, talk to them. Yeah. And don't talk to them about your products. Talk to them. Yep. You know, hi, how are you going? How's your day been? Did you watch the footy the other night? Whatever. And, you know, find out a lot of that information before you try to sell them anything, because it comes back to you. I, I used to always tell my salespeople, you rarely buy something off off someone you don't like. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, get to know them. If they go, oh, man, he's a great guy. Yeah, He's a great guy. You know, every time he comes in, he has a chat. Not yeah. every time he comes in, he tries to sell, sell me something. I've, I've had customers follow me from one company to another. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah,
1: <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, especially if it's a like minded company, but they follow you from, you know, couple I won't mention any businesses of before, but yeah, they they'll they leave one and they go to another and yep. they follow me along and yep. I think, okay, well that means that they've obviously trusted my advice. And at some point in the past I've probably talked them out of something and I believe that they haven't needed. Yep. And and that sort of thing. Or change or like
0: what you say, you ask enough questions, you find out what
1: they need and you educate them in the same time. Yep.
0: we always try to be the trusted well, we call the trusted advisor. Yeah. You don't want to be the salesperson, you want to be the trusted advisor. Yeah. So you're the sort of person that they ring, even if they've just got a question. Yeah. It's Not not to buy something, they go, oh, I want to ask you a question about solar panels, because you're my trusted advisor in that area. I know you do solar gates, but I've got a question about something else. If you become that trusted advisor, you're not just the salesperson anymore. So that's the level that we always try to get to is, is try to be that trusted advisor. So, um, yeah, yeah, again, anyone in any business can use that and try to be that to their customers. I don't care whether you're selling lollies or, you know, hundred thousand dollar piece of equipment, it really does not matter. Just this comes back to applying all of those corporate learnings. So what, what used to work really well, negotiating a million dollar contract in, you know, uh, Coles, Meyer head office with their senior buyer can work talking to Mavis, you know, trying to sell her a courtesy like for a gate kit. It really doesn't matter. It's still a person on the other end that you're trying to solve their problem.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. And I guess it, it comes back to the, you know, if, you, if you're proud of it, then you're going to want to understand them to begin with. Yep. And I always go by the, the, um, the principle of past, present and future. So to understand someone you're and you, you understand your own business you look at the past so where's it come from is it a good quality product is it made like where has it come from how is the the design process come about what you know you're, you said you're, you're up to the fifth generation of your product that's the past that's you've come to that point for a reason yeah. the present how is it made currently now and what are the reasons for it and who are your customers and then the future you said before you, you'd love to not be able to see them again that's looking at the future and something that you want to be truly proud of yeah so i've always believed you know the way where's it Where's the past? What, what, what's happening right now? And the, and the best thing a, a, a small or even big business can do is swap their staff around to even learn different roles. Of all Absolutely, like yeah, yeah. And your yeah. role swap, so it gives you a much, much better understanding of
0: how everything is is put together. Yeah, uh, yeah. definitely. Yeah, role, role, role sharing and, and rotation is a really good idea. And, yeah. you know, we're getting to the point where I'd love to take, you know, the girls that work in, we've got a girl that works in our office. We've also got a, another one that does. packing in dispatch and and they have some customer interaction as well yeah it'd be lovely to take them out on site and do an install yeah so they see so then you know when they talk to a customer they'll talk with such authority about it because they've seen it yeah you know they've gone and done a little bit of it and they understand it a bit better and then that that drives their passion as well so yeah you know and also they understand some of the pressure points that other people in the business have to put up with. Yeah. Oh, wow, geez, those customers on site, they're, they're annoying, aren't huh? they? <laughs> oh, I can see why you get upset all the time. You go, yeah, now you sort of understand Yeah, yeah. And, and vice versa. So yeah, it's it does um, work really well in any business. Swapping roles for a day is, is a really good idea. Mm. Yeah. 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 Um, so where can they find you? If people are looking at installing gate, yep. automated
1: gate, where would they start looking?
0: Uh, probably uh, in lighting. Yeah, so the the two best places would be either on Facebook or just straight um, straight web search. So, www.uniqueautomation.com.au and unique is spelled U N W E K. Okay, u n e k automation. Spell cool. unique. Spell uniquely is our going Jake yeah uh, or or unique LEDs so www.uniqueleds.com.au or just see um search unique automation or unique LEDs on Facebook yep. and we'll come straight up
1: so, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna put all the links down below anyway yep. so you um, anyone who wants interested just uh just reach out. But there'll be a couple of links here
0: there's a lot of videos there's a lot of pictures uh they're all our own installation so there, there's no there's no and stolen or mocked up photos in there. I don't know. Um, so you can see it all on there. We do, yes. we're starting to post a lot of how to guides with automation as well. You can buy, uh, we've got Shopify sites for both, so you can buy directly office. Okay. Um, if you need an, in, an installer, um, you know, touch base with us and let us know, yep. we'll either come and do it ourselves or one of our trusted installers will, will come out. How far do you go? Uh, all around the country for LEDs, we've got installers in 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 most states yeah. uh, and territories, so we can cover virtually anywhere with with our with our lighting whether it be equestrian or uh, stable lighting um, but we also do any other sort of security lighting it can work anywhere it's solar and it yep. lights up so yep. it doesn't necessarily need to be it need to be a horse arena yep. um, it can work anywhere um, we do a lot of wash bays we do a lot of farm properties where they just need general lighting yep. um, go on there we also do solar security uh, security cameras and the likes yep. um, and a lot of container lighting so Foot, 20 and 40 foot container lighting kits. Um, they're very popular in the mining industry and even people who have got property and have containers. As in shipping containers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Shipping containers. So yeah, um, we do a lot of LED strip lighting and things like that. Uh, but yeah, with automation, any sort of automation, um, you can buy DIY kits straight from us. It'll come with a a comprehensive colour manual, also videos. Um, anyone who can use an electric drill can install one. Nice. I'm not saying... If you have no technical technical ability, that it's it's easy. But if you follow the manual, you should be able to install one of our automation kits. And of course, yeah. the support's there anyway. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's where everyone can find us. Yeah. Um, and more than happy, just give us a call. Send us a note, a message on Facebook um, or on our webpage. Um, you can also book a time through our webpage or through Facebook for a 15-minute uh, a phone chat. Um, and we can have a chat about what you need and how we can best help. All right, Matt. Thanks for your time. No worries. Cheers.
1: If you want to know anything more about how unique automation or unique LEDs can do something for you, head to www.uniqueautomation.com.au. That's unique, spelt U-N-E-E-K, automation.com.au. If you're thinking of starting your own business but you don't know where to start, check out the link in the bio. There's a few free resources there to help you get started. You're going to ask yourself, how are you going to do it?